Welcome to episode 89 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Brian and Kevin. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers, and each week we take some of The Endless Stream of content, brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, Disney+, Plus, wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This is the first of our Christmas season of episodes, so strap into the Christmas season. We're going to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. We're going to talk about Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell's Christmas Carol take, The Spirited. Uh, it's a musical adventure that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I know that Kevin will be anxious to watch the new Netflix Christmas Carol adaptation because it has his old friend Luke Evans in it, but we didn't get a chance to look at it this week. We also looked at Batman Mask of the Phantasm, And we had a trailer drop for Indiana Jones and the new Guardians of the Galaxy feature. There was also an Ant-Man thing, wasn't there? So there was loads on this week. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast. You can do that over on iTunes, you can do it on Spotify, or whatever podcast app you're using, because we are available all the way around. I think we're even on YouTube. I think this thing automates to YouTube. I should know that, shouldn't I? Head over to YouTube and give us a listen. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast, where we put up art and clips to go with each episode. And that's a great place to send us a comment, send us a direct message, tell us you agree with us, tell us you disagree with us, suggest something for us to watch. You can also send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All that being said, grab yourself a cup of hot cocoa and a mince pie and let's get into the Christmas episode. We could probably start this... um, quasi-chronologically. So let's uh, jump back to, what, 2014? Kevin, Kevin, you finished Community. Yes, I did. Um, when did that series end? What year was that? Uh, so if it start, I think, what, did it start in 2009 or something? Then went for six seasons? So it's 2015. Yeah, but you've got to allow for some weird years. Um, give me just a moment. Ended 2015. Ended 2015, okay. Um, so, yes. We're jumping in the Wayback Machine, as it were. So, back in the Wayback Machine. Uh, mm-hmm. So, first three seasons of Community, great. Mm-hmm. I quite, like, I kind of, I will put season four in with the first three, because it felt like the same. But season five and season six, to me, felt very different. And season yeah. six is stronger than season five. Season five is very weak, and... Season 5 is very weak, and Season 6 has some good episodes in it. Well, hashtag and a movie. It's coming. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to. But I hope everybody comes back for it. Even Chevy. No, he's dead. Damn it! Chevy won't be near it. See, I don't know know any of the uh, controversy or nonsense, to be honest. Um, But I know he's problematic. He was problematic on the set. I I, I even found his character quite annoying. Yes, Emer hated him. Like I, I yeah, yeah I, I don't think he added the kind of drama that warranted his his you know repeated inclusion. He was just fucking annoying. Yeah, um, he was he was definitely playing a type, and he was there to be that character. And I think that bristled with him as well. Like the, I, I think what bristled with him is that you know he wasn't a star. He's famous for his his physical comedy and stuff like that, and he just kept insisting on what Pierce should be, you know, kind of playing to his strengths rather than kind of whatever the story is calling mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things yeah, though well, where I'm kind of like, like basically to put it this way, it's like it's like 
I see Chevy Chase, Chevy, Chevy Chase may as well just be a character at this stage in a sense of like, it's like, I like to see him because I, I remember all this, the old movies fondly, you know, but, uh, the kind of, the, then the actual reality of him, uh, is no bueno. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he went from being the, the, you know, America's, I think he probably doesn't understand why. He, and I know that this person has since had, a, had, had some, uh, <laughs> problems, but, I know that he probably doesn't quite understand why he's not held in the same regard as a Bill Murray. You know, why is he not this um, sort of icon figure? Or Steve Martin, you know? Because he was, yeah, he was this big powerhouse comedy actor through the 70s and the 80s. And by the time he gets to Community, he's playing playing a a very close-to-the-bone kind of washed-up boomer stereotype. And at a certain point, he can't help but feel, and I don't think... Harmon's that subtle enough that he would hide the fact that like he's being pretty blatantly ageist. You know, I I would I would wouldn't be surprised if there's things in it that Pierce says that Chevy literally said. Do you know what I mean? That sort of stuff. Um, but I think there's good stuff in season five and six of Community. It just it just feels like a different show though, like just uh, aesthetically. Yeah, it it does change. It is. The, it's quite different. Yeah. What's the name of the... Um, but I would say including season four, though. But see, yeah, yeah maybe... Quite to be, different. To be honest, maybe season four just doesn't feel as different because it had uh, Troy and... It had everybody. Shirley yeah. and, yeah. you know... It had everybody and it was still the same setup in terms yeah. of, like, we're a study group. Yeah. Season five, they had to, like, shift everybody into new roles. Yeah, season, um, season five just starts getting weird, though. Like, as in, like, you're, just, you're watching an episode and it's just like, it's just a bit, like, this is shot so strangely. And then you realize it's not a bit, it's just, you kind of forget that it's so strange and you just Any specific it. example kind of coming to mind? Um, there's an episode. A specific moment. I think there's an episode. I want to say, I want to say maybe it's the episode of Michael McDowd. Uh, is that his name? Malcolm McDowd? Um, or Mac, what was? Malcolm McDowell. McDowell. Um, I did a tattoo yeah. of him during the week, actually. Um, a clockwork orange piece. But uh, yeah, I think it's an episode when they when they kidnap him and put him in and keep him in their house or something. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. One of the episodes I, around there or something. It's like me and him are both like, this is shot so weird. This is so weird. The camera movements, the camera mm-hmm. quality. Not that the quality was bad. It's just aesthetically different than this show. And uh, yeah, it just it just had a completely different feeling. But I thought it was a bit. I thought it was like they were doing like a like you know the way like they do like an SEU episode. Yeah. I thought they were doing a, like a, a, yeah. an office episode or some sort of bit episode, but no. Yeah. It's so strange. I'd go watch the movie they based that on and see if there's similar camera moves. What, what was the movie yeah. they based on? So it, it is a homage or something, is it? It is. It is, it is a, a takeoff of like, there's there's a movie. Is it like Dinner with Friends or Die End of... Like there's some... There's, yeah. There is a film where it's, they like... It is all a part of... of yeah. oh, I've seen yeah. Dinner with they Friends. They invite a guy to dinner and, and yeah. they decide whether or not to kill him. Based on how they interact with, like, there's a there's oh, a few there's there's a couple seen of versions. Is, is that the yeah? Well, there's a Ron Perlman one, isn't there? Uh, that's like um, the Last Supper or something like that with the Ron Perlman. Um, yeah, that that's it's that sort of thing. Yeah, which I um, actually I quite enjoyed. Actually, in my mind, there's at least two films with a kind of a similar plot. Plot. Camera, yeah. Uh, yeah. Within five years of each other, maybe. So you reckon it might have yeah. been a bit, anyways? I can't remember yeah. either of them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Actually, I did want to say, uh, and I've been meaning Jay Moore is in it. I, I think I'm I'm now pretty sure I, I Jane Moore's in it. I can picture him tying the guy to the chair all of a sudden. Um I'm now gonna Google Jay Moore movies, there can't be more than five of those. He's another guy who just like 
burned every bridge in front of him being a dick. Who? Who? Jay, Jay Moore. Moore. Yeah. I don't know him unless. Looks him. like Scott Can, um, kind of. Yeah, you you'd know him to see him. Um, He's Jerry Maguire's rival in Jerry Maguire, and he had a show that was very like Entourage, pre Entourage, where he, action. Yeah, he was a. What's, he what was, was that show was, called? Action. It was very very much like Entourage, but pre Entourage. Yeah, Keanu Reeves Reeve cameo yeah. in the pilot. It was very actor cameo-y. Um, and it was very funny. I, I remember thinking it was very, like, it was very comedy. I remember watching it and liking it, but I honestly couldn't remember a single plot point about it. I, I, yeah. I imagine it's aged poorly. but I, I, I would be know. 100% with you there. I don't want to watch it again and find out just how bad it is. I liked but season it, one of Entourage. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's aged pretty badly. Yeah. Um, I just kind of liked all the inside baseball stuff, though, and in those shows, you know, because... Like I get that reference. Oh yeah, so no, Jay Moore. Yeah, yeah, very. Like, yeah, kind of. He was he was in a few things, but it's like it's like kind of. It's like basically he there's something unlikable about him, even though I wanted to see him in more stuff. Uh, he was good at playing a dickhead. Yes, yeah, basically. Suicide Kings, a group of youngsters kidnap a respected mafia figure. Yeah, he's yeah. he was. They've got him tied to a Jay tied Moore, to a chair. Yeah. But I did, I, I, but I did like Jay Moore in a few stuff for sure. Um, Christopher Walken is the Malcolm McDowell character. I was going to Suicide Kings. Uh, the, yeah, there's a one with Ron Perlman. I think we talked about it on the podcast before, to be honest. Uh, where they'd have guests over for dinner, and then they decide whether or not they were good people or bad people, and they, they would choose different decanters of wine depending on their decision. Yep. And one would be poisoned. Yep. And Ron Perlman was in it, and it's a very, very good movie. I watched it when I was very young, but I loved it. Uh, but speaking of movies, I, the, I watched. When there's I was young. an Sorry. episode. There's one gag in that. Like I think maybe it's season five of Community mm-hmm. because Paget Brewster had shown up in season three maybe as the IT lady, and there's just a scene. I like it's one of those. Oh, I get that where you just have to remember what the fuck happened or the roles that she did previously. But she's playing Frankie, who's trying to be the the IT person. Because I can't get phone, I can't get phone calls, I can't get emails. I use my personal phone. I try and call IT, and all I hear is static. You know, <laughs> like. It's just this, like, I think they even play it as something. There's sort of like this just sort of kind of gates of hell, other dimension noise that comes out the fucking phone yeah. when she calls herself from the past. You know? Hilarious. Um, so I do think, I do think there's good stuff in season five yeah. and six. Yeah, like, like I, um, I like some of the new It definitely characters. is, but it, but it, fe- it feels very different. Mm. I think the, the chemistry was very, very different yeah. in the show. Yeah. And I think that was the, always the, the strongest thing was, mm. was kind of how you could jump to one pairing or another and whatever the plot was you know it was more how these people are going to react mm-hmm. yeah yeah you, you you couldn't yeah. get comfortable you couldn't get comfortable with your friends watching the people you liked because so many of these new episodes were about new people encountering the oddness of the group mm-hmm. you know it was it was the the Elroy Potashnik was that his name mm-hmm was he the VR guy or was he the... Yep, yep. The, yeah, it's like him dealing with, with Abed for the first time or, or, you know, like getting to grips with Jeff or... I do think Abed's character yeah. kind of became, like, I think initially I, I can I perceived him as like an... He's a writer, he's, he's a writer stand-in and it's shameless and it's, it's kind of cringy sometimes how 
much the show takes his side when he's very much a stand-in for for Harmon, you know. Mm. Um, especially when he's above reproach on so many things or or when people are just so quick mm. to agree with anything he says. Mm. Agree with it's, Abed or Yeah, yeah. 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 No, they're like, oh, they, so like, he's got I, so much I, wisdom I, I, and I, he's so clever like and it's it, like but I like it, but like I was listening to the podcast around the time that was airing as well, and like then season five would start, and there's this whole episode where Abbott just goes through, like going oh, crossing the threshold, a call to action, a road of trials, and it's just calling out stuff that like Har- I know Harmon just goes on and on and on about, and even before I came up here, I watched one of the newer episodes of Rick and Morty while I was having breakfast, and it was this like. They, they they found a rift in the fourth wall and went to a meta dimension and they were literally walking past like a road that had a sign that said trials, you know, and again, it's just calling out these story points and like Joseph Campbell shows up at one point and like, it is funny, but there's also an element in my head of like, wow, he is really making hay or at least his writer's department of the same knowing kind of structural acknowledgements over and over and over again, you know, like. I'm not telling. Well, he, I suppose he is, but it's just I see this, the stuff where he's calling out story structure is the stuff I see, you know. Um, sorry, Kevin, you were about to say. I have no idea. That was ages ago. <laughs> but you were about to say something. You watched, or when you were younger, you saw, or the thing from your youth, or. I have no idea, but I will say, uh, uh, what to call him. Uh, is, I, Jesus, his name escapes me now, but I know it's William Hank, I think it's his surname. But uh, uh, he was in a TV show I used to love called Going to California, and he passed away. Brad. Brad William H- H- Hank, isn't it? Or it's Brad Williams. H E N K E. So yeah, I'm not sure yeah, how yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. He was in Lost, and he was in season two of Justified, and he was in yeah. Orange is the New Black, I think. He was in lots of stuff. He was great. He was in, in Choke, I think. Yeah, no, very sad. Uh, and I don't know if anybody has seen Going to California. I can't find it, nor have I ever been able to find it on any website ever, be it torrent, streaming, whatever. Mm. I've never, You've ever... You've even talked about you it on this you? podcast and the episode went missing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crazy. But, uh, yeah, he was... He was kind of static. It, it was, um, it was a, a show about two friends kind of basically going to california as odd as or as basic as premise of that is but one of my favorite shows of all time and i've never been able to see it again uh, i think it ran for just one season uh, it was a really weird quirky show sometimes meta but it was brilliant i was walking past cex and i uh i bought this thing because i'm very bad at pc games so it's like oh yeah a razor tartarus edition little keyboard and it's got a, a little joysticky here um, so that I can put my WASD commands there and just play uh, shooty games with uh, with a stick rather than having to do WASD because I just can't get the fucking hang of that. You know, I was just never a PC guy and sitting up trying to do that. Um, uh, I just, my hands cramping the entire time and just, like the mouse is kind of cool for aiming, but I can't I can't make the rest of the fucking keyboard work for me. So I I, I saw this thing existing, uh, kind of like the start of the pandemic, and it was like one hundred and thirty 
200 euro depending on where you were getting them um, and I was like I'm not going to take a chance on that and find out it's crap and I'm no interest in it for that much but I was walking past CEX and I saw it in the window for 50 quid I was like well that's more where I'd be willing to um, take a take a fucking swing at it and see if it's any good it is it is fun it's still like um, when did you get it I bought it there on Thursday why <laughs> um, no I'm just uh, wondering uh, how much use you've okay. gotten out of it yet I am. I bought it there on Thursday. I played around with it a bit yesterday. I'm going to put a chunk of time into it today, and um, because immediately movement is much easier. I'm still in a situation where like I've got to like mind map my fingers now into like this button is run, this button's grenade, this button's jump. You know that I've got to sort of work the the other four fingers a little bit. But um, it's taken um, a very key element and made it a little bit easier. So I'm going to play with that for a little bit. Um, and as I have it as well, when I use this screen as a Cintiq, draw it down, I don't have to put a keyboard on my lap and whatever now. So I've just like mapped all my Photoshop commands onto it as well, which is kind of handy. Um, like scale, like brush size and zoom and all that stuff. I keep getting um, ads for one to use. They're advertising it specifically with Procreate. Right. Um, it's a little shortcut keyboard. A little thing. Joy-Con thing. I don't even like I, I've never never stayed on the ad long enough but it just looks mm-hmm. like a little little mini keyboard for kind of mapping mm. shortcuts to i don't even know if it's got a little thumbstick or anything like that but, yeah um it looks nice yeah i've seen I'm versions sure. of it and people that work like kind of professionally with the ipad um it makes sense i mean i'm still i still call myself with the ipad kind of on a hobbyist hobbyist vain you know what i mean like i'm not making money out of it or it's not used used for my job but people that draw like illustrate for magazines and comics and things like that it's their it's their work flow then i guess it makes more sense um as much as anything though i tell you that story to say i walked in to cex on um liffy street i think it's liffy street and i just went hey i'm uh i'm interested in the razor tartarus you got in the window the, the like the hand jobby I didn't say hand jobby, but the hand contr- like the controller thing, the the additional keyboard, and the guy I was talking to kind of went, yeah, and then the guy in back went, can I ask why? And I was sorry, and the amount of ridicule I not got, the nerd, not the <laughs> I was like, because I'm, I'm not good at mouse and keyboard, you went get better. I'm like, all right, buddy, do I get a sort of shame discount or something here? Like it, it was. It was a laugh, and like I was, I was giving them shtick, and they were giving me shtick. But it was a, I was like, okay, all right, Jesus, you know, fucking um, nerds, man, hate nerds, huh? I hate yeah. nerds. Um, it didn't occur to me at the time to go because I can map Photoshop to it as well, at the very least, that's useful. Um, but but you don't have to justify why you're yeah. buying it to anybody. All right. Yeah. No, you can't ask why. I de- I definitely did did I thought of every nerd stereotype when they started that shit. I mean, there was three of them behind the counter, and, and like again, it was one of them was very fucking friendly and polite and whatever and fun about it, you know. And the other guy was, I think I just engaged at the right level of it. I could have got very confrontational. So I'm telling you, it was fun. I was willing to take the piss out of myself for the fact that, like, nah, yeah, I, 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 I could probably yeah, be just like, get you gone. unfired. They asked me why am I, I buying, gone. why am I buying a weird robot controller thing? I'd probably tell them mm. to find your father's G spot. <laughs> they expect mother, 
but go for father. Mm. Mm, fuck him. Right, father. right. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Your mother's too easy. I need a controller for your dad. Because yeah. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my silly story about a controller. So I'm going to try and play a chunk of uh, Warzone 2 this afternoon with it and get um, a little bit better at it. Um, I did. I did play a little bit yesterday, and like, it it's a, it's a game of like trying to just like moving in the world, and they're going, oh, I need to do this thing, and then I have to open a fucking piece of software and find the right keybind and map it to the. You know, because I'm trying to find all the controls I need. You know, there's however many spread across the keyboard. And now I need to do, oh, that's F, is it? Okay, well, I need F, but I use it a lot. So that should probably be under this finger. And then I'm trying to map it to the button. So it's a lot of experimentation. But I was just stood in a room facing a corner, which is not good. And somebody came in and started shooting me. And I should have just been dead. But I just moved left, turned around and shot him in the head. And he went down and was like... That doesn't make sense. That guy must have been fucking terrible to not have just killed me. You know? Like, I then just saw, like, a name on the left going, has left the game. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I watched a bunch of Christmas stuff this week. Did you watch the Guardian special or are you just not going to watch it? Not going to watch just it. Just not going to watch it. Why watch it? It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Not, no, it's, not. It's, a bit of, it's a bit of fun. No, it's not. A bit of fun. It's, it's awkward, cringy, James Gunn idea of fun. Yeah, I don't need that. Did you enjoy the Guardians special? Um, incredibly corny, super, super like cheesy and awful. Uh, but yes, yeah, I did too. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I was a little like, there was a moment towards the end of it where I thought there is a there is a chance that they're going to have Kevin Bacon do like a footloose dance scene. Because James Gunn loves having a dance number in his stuff. I think he has said that he's more or less had dancing in pretty much everything he's done. Um, but when it was like, you know, trying to make Quill's Christmas by bringing Kevin Bacon along, there was a moment where it's like, oh God, there is a chance they could just do Footloose and the internet will lose its mind. And they didn't. They had Kevin Bacon sing a delightful song. But... Um, what did you make of the music? There was a lot of music in it, Brian. Kevin? I know Brian didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, the music's good, and I really like Kevin Bacon's song. You did? Yeah. It was very very sweet. Yes, uh, it could be a new Christmas classic. I know that's probably a wild thing to say, because people don't like new classics, but uh, it was it was a nice song. I really liked it. I've seen a bunch of internet nerds singing the, the one from the start. What's the name of... Like, I know they they feature the name of the group... But the ho, 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 earthlings are so weird. That's oh, the, that's the going 75s or something are called the 1975 yeah. or something like that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, with the guys who were all in the costumes. So that was actually good. That was a fun song as well. Like, uh, bits are good for that sure. It was a fun way to open yeah. the show as well. Yeah, yeah bits are good. Um, the other way, the guy has Yandu's uh, quill, I would say, or pen Finn. or whatever you want to say it. Uh, Finn, uh, his uh, his his the thing on his head for controlling it is disgusting looking. It's ropey, isn't it? Yeah, that was that was that like the. I'm sure we've seen him. Maybe it's in Thor: Love and Thunder we see that Finn on his head, but the the it really did look like somebody got like like fucking Putty. Mala yeah, and like 
just thumbed it around the fucking edge of his head. It's like, it looked horrible. Yeah, it's like you like, just make it seamless. Like don't make it look gross. Uh, if you if you're going to do it, just make it look seamless. But even if you're going to make it look gross, make it look like flesh sort of healing over the thing rather than putty. Yeah, it really, it did really look it, like it looked just as as, as as how would you say as a. Uh, uh, sequenced as, as putting the thumb. You know what I mean? Like, it really looked like bop, bop, bop. Mm. Like, like, look at pie crust. Mm, yeah. Pie crust. <laughs> You've gone from disgusted to hungry based yes. on the top of Raglan's <laughs> head. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I liked it. It's silly. It's fun. Like, you know, I have to start watching. I'm going to try and watch it at least. I did it before. Emer and I did it before we watched a Christmas movie every day on the run up to Christmas. That was intense. We're just trying to try and watch a Christmas movie every week, maybe one or two. Right. Um, they then released the trailer for Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's too much to say about that. No, um, they've got them in the uniforms from the comics. I guess they're actually filling some sort of official role or something. Um. The logo on their I chest saw is like a. Saying, it's like a. Hmm? The logo they have on their chest. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a. It's like the Nova logo combined with the Ravagers yeah. crest. So yeah. it's like one laid over the other. So. I saw Stallone's name in the credits. I mean, the like the stuff flashing up. I gotta check what that was. Maybe I misread it. I thought I saw Stallone's name. Well, he was in the last one, so he could be this one. Yeah, I think uh, how, to what degree he features. Like he was supposed to be Yondu's buddy right actually the guardians christmas special had this whole animated chunk kind of beginning and end of it and i wasn't sure how to describe it but somebody pointed it out that it's it's ralph bakshi style kind of um rotoscoping I oh hated i hated it. it i hated the ralph bakshi stuff oh, that sounds i didn't hate the ralph bakshi stuff I always just put that into a category of shit they did in the 70s and 80s and was fine and interesting then. I was like, I don't need to see any more stuff that looks this weird. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of like under-animated and over-animated because it's rotoscope. Mm-hmm. And just doesn't look good. So it's just like a flashback to Quill's youth and Yondu being a bad parent. And it's just that floaty because there's a coat swinging the whole time. And... Um, I don't like it. Where, they have money, they could do better. But uh, yeah, though I, I think they were just trying to. Well, they're not trying to just like homage the Star Wars Christmas special. I think. Oh, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Was there Bakshi style animation in the Star they're Wars probably, Life probably, Day Christmas yeah. special? There definitely was animated. Sure, Boba Fett was originally animated. Oh yeah. But I don't know if that was right. like. But I just think that's what they were trying to do. Is like that weird? But it didn't look yeah, nice. It didn't look it. nice back then. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Disney's merch game is like they apparently you can buy Life Day merchandise from that Star Wars holiday special now, and I saw somewhere um you can buy the remember the '90s Spider Man that sort of like kind of like rugby jersey thing that Peter Parker wore that sort of yeah like white that's teal so and funny blue thing yeah you can buy that shirt now but it's got a little Spider Man logo on the. Yeah. In the I mean, I mean, that doesn't bother me at all. Fools and their gold. If people want to buy their shit, let them buy it. Uh, it can make them happy. But uh, that is hilarious. The brow is shirt based on a 90s Peter Parker. That is hilarious. But it's what, also great. What's, what size shirt would that be for you, Kevin? Extra no large, large. 
extra large large yeah. or extra extra large no large or extra large I'd wear uh, I'd wear that for I'd I'd shave my beard and cut my hair. I'm buying you the I'm buying you the uh, the Mary Jane yellow polo neck that she wears the whole time. It was a what's a yellow polo neck? Wasn't it? Maybe it was. I thought it was pink with a yellow collar or something like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I think it's something else. I don't think it was a polo neck. I think it was like a Gansey neck, a sweater and a shirt. Yeah, yeah. I think it was yes. yellow and purple and yeah, something like that, Brian. Yeah, but uh, that's hilarious. They brought that that top. You're right. It is a yellow jumper and then like a purple polo neck under it. I'm not looking forward to any Marvel stuff coming out. You're 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 oversaturated, Brian. Yeah, it's not exciting. It's not even oversaturation. I think I think they've just rushed a bunch of stuff, and they're not building anything. And I'm just like, I I really don't think it's oversaturation. I I, I think they're, I think maybe it has become oversaturated but that isn't my my issue my issue is that it's they're rushing it's, stuff um i'm just not hyped for anything coming out that's not to say i won't go and see stuff but i know i know yeah of, you're you're disillusioned at, at this stage it's, it's it's quality over quant or it's quantity over quality isn't it uh to a degree yeah. Um, I am worried that they do just pump like, like I remember like it used to be like one movie every two to three years, and now it's like three movies every year, you know. And it's like it's too much, you know. Quality over quantity, but for like sure. I, yeah, but like I, they, they used to be, there used to be like an interconnectedness, and mm. you know, it was building to something. Um, whereas now, I'm just not sure what it's kind of. The, you know like that there was there was i guess it is kind of still building towards something in some ways but we've no idea in what magnitude i mean you know loki and multiverse of madness and what if could have all been from separate franchises you know in the extent that they, they didn't really have a any bearing on on each other mm. um one division could not have happened. We could have just picked up with multiverse of madness, like the the way it kind of just brushes over yeah. the events of that. Um, yeah, it's just not kind of building towards stuff. I'm just, I'm just not. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of, I guess, keeping a little bit of faith with it because if I'm if. Like, I guess my theory is in terms of, like, the way that Disney seems to have or has had a sense of a real long-term plan. Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, I feel like there is a sort of built-in awareness of these characters to a degree. And it feels like this whole phase is about just, like, maybe I'm full of shit, but, like, let's just let everybody get a chance to know these people there's a whole lot of change happening and then now we'll start to i'm hoping it's going to like and now we're starting to build forward that we took a we took a big introduction pause to let a couple of years pass and the audience get used to a whole bunch of new characters and now as we start to build towards something when these people start interacting with one another you'll be happy to see this person you like from the show pop up or this person but i don't know maybe that's giving them too much credit or not, I don't know. What am I doing? I'm just trying to think of like what's coming up 
in the next couple of years. I'm looking forward to it, man. Excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to Blade, uh, whenever that comes out. Yeah, I guess the thing is, like, we're looking forward to these things, but it's no longer. This I think sense it might be a good a idea journey to, that builds to, them. to almost do like a hard reset with Secret Wars. Um, just end it all, and then do X Men. Yep. They have to. Yep, basically they've done the Avengers, now move on. Yeah. Yeah, Avengers sort of ended after Endgame yeah. or any of those things and then and they the should thing, have like, launched. It, 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 that's not to say we'll never see that that stuff again, but when we do see them again, it'll probably be recast and stuff like that because I don't see them I don't see them being able to bring back Evans and Downey for anything other than a kind of a glorified cameo, you know? So bring them back secret wars end everything and then x-men start it from scratch they can introduce avengers stuff again but it'll be a new cast then maybe i think it's time to kind of shed it i think you're right i think you're right and maybe they should treat uh like obviously there's crossover in the comics and all that kind of stuff but normally when there's crossovers it's like a big event thing but maybe they should treat it as like the way they do the comics like as in like just a separate line of of uh, in a different franchise, like you have the X Men universe, you have the Avengers world, you have the Fantastic Four, you know, as in like just uh, just branch branch away from Avengers and do X Men. I think you're hundred percent right. Uh, you see, I, I still wouldn't mind them the Avengers existing, you know, in that world. But like we're probably, I think the only time we'll see whatever version of X Men are coming with the Avengers we know and love is probably going to be. Uh, send off in Secret Wars. I don't think we'll see whatever X Men cast they end up having interacting with, you know, Evans or Downey. Like I said, for anything other than more than a, a glorified cameo, and I think that's okay. But I, I think we could probably do we could probably do like three X Men movies, you know, over the course of over the course of ten years, and then bring Avengers back, but they'll be recast, you know. Um, and that that's that's like we're we're not we're not getting X Men until I would say X Men is four or five years away, oh, and by the time we get to a third X Men film, we're looking at another six years. So by the time we see a recast Avengers, it'll be maybe ten years from now, and I think that's kind of okay. I think maybe maybe end it, you know? Yeah. Have have Secret Wars be this universe shattering thing end it all end it yeah but like yeah start all with good the things do come then... to an end yeah i agree man yeah kev can you turn the can you turn the business end of your mic towards you like the mic itself you see the way the text is that's the bit that should be facing front thank you it was facing us there a minute ago <laughs> nothing i do is good enough fucking impossible you sound so much better immediately because the mic was facing the, the sound is noticeably like different. that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. What a lovely voice. Beautiful. But it, I mean, I kind of do want to go and fuck myself based on how that delightful that timber was. Um, yeah, I hope we see X-Men. But uh, yeah, they need to just, I think, as you said, Brian, just start wrapping up stuff. Uh, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's just, in, in, if anything, just to preserve the legacy. I know that's a, I hate saying stuff like that, but you know what I mean. That's as easy a jump as any in terms of preserving legacies. Um, Indiana Jones 5 had a trailer. That man's 80. 
do we have any hope for this? Did you watch the trailer, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Kev missed it. Right? I missed the Indiana Jones one. Yeah. yeah. It's a good trailer. Um, that yeah. line at the end it is, is bullshit. <laughs> that trailer line. Which was the line? It's something. It's something as nonsense as. Um, I believe it doesn't matter what you believe in, but it's how hard or how much how you believe in you it. Be- it's like that's nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I don't believe in magic, but once or twice in my life, I've seen some things. I think that I make did, me think. Like, to to the extent that I was like, I was, try, I was trying to unwrap it. I was like, what, what, is, what, what does that mean? It's not what you believe. It's how hard you. I was like, what? But but then it does matter what you believe because how hard mm. are you believing in the like? I don't know. Just it maybe it like it might seem like a nitpick, but. I think it could point to to the tone and the plot or something, you know. It's just, it, you know, I'm hoping it's I'm hoping it's better than that. But I, a, f- a few years back when the X Files jumped back onto Netflix, I went, well, I've never watched the X Files. Let's watch some of this. The famously skeptical Scully, who uh, Dana Scully, isn't it? Who who's like w- will never believe that anything supernatural exists. And I was episode two. That woman had seen Bigfoot and aliens, and I'm like. How is she How going much to be more skeptical <laughs> going forward? By episode two, she was literally like under a UFO. Like, the fuck? Indiana Jones has seen the Ark of the Covenant wreak God's wrath upon the Nazis. He's seen the 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 stones in India just come to life and like pull the human heart through a chest without the just episode uh the third one he meets a knight of the crusade kept alive by the cup of christ then he met aliens what and then also young indiana jones that's like 30 episodes of supernatural chaos in there as well is that canon plus we know this it is yep. that's supposed to be canon harrison ford's in one or two of those you know oh i know but um, i mean like yeah it is it, it, it is supposed to be okay. canon um, unless, unless they Jeez, have I since come out that's, that's, that it isn't. That's a real blast in the past, Young Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, that, I loved that show. It was a good um, show, and it was in that vein of like the the Poirot stuff we were talking about as well, where like mm-hmm. they're episodes, but the episodes are like ninety minutes, you know. So they would show this on a Sunday on UTV, and they could take a commercial every ten minutes. So it took up four hours of broadcast time, and your whole afternoon was gone. Um, in a good way. Um cup of tea on a Saturday here or Sunday um, but like that man has seen some of the most supernatural shit that could possibly happen what does he mean he doesn't believe in magic he doesn't have to validate his beliefs to you though to be fair well actually there, there is an element of what he I, he wouldn't be boomer though would he he'd be greatest generation I was, I was about to say like the sort of the, the stubbornness of that era of people that refused to believe <laughs> fact based things it's a good trailer. Uh, trailer looks fun. Trailer looks fun. I, I don't like. There's there's one or two shots in it, and it kind of reminds me of. Can't think of a specific film, but they're like dense crowd scenes that are very, very clearly just sound stages, and they don't look okay. bad, but there's a look to them, and I just, I just wish. I don't mind special effects, like I. I, I, I even particularly don't like when people mm. 
like a lot of times people complain but, about something but, and say it's like too CGI heavy. And it's like, yeah, but the quality is kind of good or, you know, you're kind of dismissing that part. But there's there's two there's, shots in and then they just look, it looks like Sky Captain kind of stuff. The quality's better, the standard's better, but yeah, just, I like to kind of, yeah, there's a lot to be said for location. I wonder location how much is graded stuff crowds, as well, you know? because um, I thought this, I'm going to like, I've got to talk about um, Spirited as well. Um, which I watched this week. Um, but we saw, like, some of the earliest footage we saw or behind-the-scenes images we saw for this Indiana Jones movie were Harrison Ford on a horse in the middle of, like, Edinburgh or, or Scotland somewhere. Like, they were shooting it in the UK for Times Square. And that when I see him riding that horse through that crowd of that parade in that trailer, or whoever the stuntman is that they face-replaced, face like... It looks really CG, but I know they shot that. I know that we're on location. You know, we, yeah, but we, they've they've replaced a lot. Is the thing? Yeah, you know, they've shot on location yeah. and then they replaced it. And like, it just looks. I don't know. It just pulls me out every time. It 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 just. Mm. Like there's a there's a shot in Spirited where Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are doing a dance down a like a. a Victorian alleyway and the first I heard of this movie coming out was somebody Instagram story going when Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are shooting a movie outside your office and you would swear they've got 10 feet by 10 feet in a soundstage but it's like I saw the yeah I know exactly what you're talking about it does look it looks really staged but it's an actual street yeah but even that I guess they've shot on location but then they've replaced a lot with yeah it with and they've had to like narrow the focus of the shot to just what they've got dressed to look like the victorian london mm-hmm. you know so i guess it brings it in a wee bit but um i i'm excited for more indiana jones and the 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 de-aging stuff looks well yep. like it's getting better and better um it, i'd go so far as to say like i imagine he's de-aged even in scenes that aren't set in yeah. whenever or is it time travel I don't know but um, yeah he looks very yeah. well for an 80 year old man <laughs> yeah well I mean it, it at the latest it looks like it's in the 70s right I would have thought kind of 60s but yeah, 60s or 70s I mean there's there isn't a clear yeah because it was the 1960s when it was Shia LaBeouf's stuff right with the UFOs that was the 50s was wasn't that it? the 50s that was 50s was yeah the 50s? he was kind of a okay. greaser or something was he yeah because they yeah, dropped the bomb kind of yeah yeah it was 50s and last crusade is late 30s going into world war 2 it is 30s it's not 40s so it's like 39 or something right it might it might be 37 cuz the war hasn't started yet they're still getting on zeppelins and shit um so we're saying 39 49 59 6 69 so if he's 30 I'm just guessing if he's 30 in last crusade he's got to be older than that though add 30 years to get him to 1969 he'll be supposed to be 60 so they've got to knock 20 years off him for just the walking around scenes and even if he's 40 in the thing is I mean like even on I think on World War Z like they have 
there's a lot of effect like even before the kind of de-aging thing for the sake of like you know time jumps backwards yeah. or forwards um you know somebody's job to kind of tighten up brad pitt's double chin in certain shots you know stuff yeah. that you wouldn't think uh i did i did i do know somebody who works in uh one of the places in Ireland that, that, that had done a lot of that stuff for the event or for the Marvel movies, the de aging scenes, uh, particularly it was Captain Marvel, they were saying, but um, they did have trouble at one stage with one of the movies, uh, an actor just like that, that didn't necessarily didn't need to be de aged by, by any means, but just wanted post mm-hmm. uh, alterations yeah. to their face and uh, just kept on wanting more and more and more and the director just kept on leaning into it apparently and it just caused massive frustrations but they were just like uh, they weren't they weren't being de-aged for the story purposes they just wanted yep. it for themselves they just want to look better yeah and I, that's mm. hap- it's happening with a lot of actors you know yeah and like when was, was World War Z that was like fucking was that 10 years ago or something you know well I, I, I would longer. I know like I would rather not do anything like that because in 10 years 15 years time like you could watch that and be like that looks something off with his face or something you know what I mean like obviously it's done very subtly and only in like the smallest of scenes and shots and stuff but uh, it's just just leave it Jesus Christ it's not good for you <laughs> embrace that shit it's there you know I think it's always kind of always gone on with whatever they can get away with whatever yep. they can manage you know like even I kind of do that stuff instinctually as well like I think like the you de-age um, yourself in photos I knew it I, I de-age knew myself it. in photos that skin can't be real no like when, when people send me profile photos or like headshots for like the comedy show stuff and I have to like crop out the background and stuff and I'll I'll definitely like if there's something glaring I'm just like let's pull the colour up a little bit and tighten up the, there's a scratch on the there's a scratch on the image or they had a cut that day I just kind of take it off you know what I mean like it's so easy to do so I was, I was, I was, I think it's polite to give somebody a little polish. Black or white. I don't really care. I wouldn't want people, like, I don't, I don't care about editing my photographs and stuff. But if you're going to, if like, in, even in work when they post videos and stuff, uh, I'd rather it be black and white. It's more flattering. It makes me look less okay. fat. It's in his contract. Yeah. Can't I wish. Filmed unless it's in black and white. But they don't do it. Don't listen to me. How was your zine course, Kevin? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was pretty much three, four hours of getting just a little little tutorial on zines and how they're constructed and a very brief uh, history on zines and stuff. Um, but the, it was Kate and Kat were the two people facilitating the class and uh, they were really, 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 really nice people. Uh, they were really helpful. They were really enthusiastic. Um, it, was, it was really good fun. Um, I learned a lot. Uh the, the two the two people are very knowledgeable about zines obviously and all that jazz and uh i would have i was kind of like a soft introduction to zines but i would have loved to learn more uh they knew their shit it would have been did great you, did you um it would have loved to learn the history of it or something what did you learn in terms of like technical production methodology like were you hand printing or were you like setting stuff up in photoshop to print or so basically like they just gave us like layout stuff yeah basically they gave us a real soft introduction to zines showed us different examples of zines different types of like just um you know different uh, approaches people had taken to basic like a basic folded zine you know um whether it was like uh paper different types of paper uh putting like covers on them whatever you know just a whole bunch of different uh kind of examples of zines then talked about zines and then kind of showed us how to make you know certain folds and different types of uh paper folds and all that kind of stuff to make your zines 
uh, and then you got to kind of work on them a little bit. We did what we did one exercise where you like you, you, you all had a zine in front of you, and then you draw on the front of it, and you pass it to your left, and the next person would draw on the next page, and so on and so forth. So by the end of it, there was all these like there's a bunch of just random little kind of stories told collectively, you know, and they were good fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, just just this it was like it was basically just like a really nice like Sunday afternoon soft introduction into zines and that world, and uh, and like you know obviously they do decaf. Uh, they do uh, comic jams in the store, in the studio, in the store, the shop. Uh, Little Deer Comics in Stony Batter. Uh That was going to be my next question. Pl- plug who this is. Yep. Um, so Little Little Deer in Stony. Yep. Butter. Little Deer in Stony Batter. They do. I did said on the last Thursday of, of every month or something. They do uh, comic jams. It's just not happening this month because Christmas. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to start. Like what I would like to kind of just get more involved in that kind of stuff. I put together some little zines already. Um, I've gotten good feedback on them, good reactions for them. I I just I, I knocked up some with tattoo designs and just left them on our coffee table and work, so customers can look through them. Uh, you know, they're, they're, to be honest, it's it's one of those things where I can find I I, I can see myself getting very uh, hyper sick fixated on it for a couple of couple of months. That's that kind of what happens for a while, um, which means it's just I, like, I know that. Um I think the Cork Zine Fest is on. I know, today. I know. I really would have loved to have gone. Yeah, I don't see this stuff, and I don't see this catch this stuff in time. You know, mm. Brian, would you go? Would you go I to don't that? Know where that is, though? I think I saw a poster for the cafe yesterday or the day before, actually. Yeah, Cork Zine Fest. If you go, yeah, if you do go to, let me know because there's there's a, a a person exhibiting there that are selling some of their zines, and uh, I would like to buy them. It's only one person, um, so if you do go down, let me know. Check out what time is on there. Yeah. Um, I like. I. I go go down. Go down and do like an on-location report for us. Get some photos. Don't, uh, don't make him do that. I'll have to leave now, though. So, no. Uh, see you later. Huh? Okay, I'll Brian. Have to leave now. So. Makes Come sense. Back. He's on assignment for the paper. Um, <laughs> but that's that's good. I'm glad you. And like he's got it. a scoop. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um. Mm. Yeah, I want. I want to make. Um, I want to make a little book of all of the artwork we've done for the the podcast so far as well. Like, I, I want to, like, we've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I watched Jim Rugg making some zines on the internet last night on YouTube. Uh, and that was awesome. I uh, got a good idea for how to set it up and what you need and all that kind of stuff. Really, really cool. If you don't know who cool. Jim Rugg is. You know who Jim Rugg is, right? No. Um, but I'm assuming he's a big wig in the... He's a big... Cartoon. Rugs a big wig in the zine world. Ed Pisker and uh, Cartoon Kayfabe. Oh, I know Kayfabe, yeah. Yeah. So is, is that the two of them on that? Yeah. Cartoon Kayfabe. And Jim is super famous, though. Jim is like, uh, he does all that stuff. What would you call it? can never remember the name of it. I have them. He's he's done it for Fantastic Four. He's done it for the Hulk. He's done it for, I think, the X-Men. But it's like basically... Uh, I cannot think of the name of it, but it would be like basically the entire Hulk story told from start to finish. And he does it his own In way. In what form? It's called like Grand Design or something. Do you know about the Grand Design books? It's done in comics. No. Check out, check, check, check them out. Grand Design. I'm pretty sure Jim has definitely done the Hulk and maybe Fantastic Four because I have some of them. Is it like a, is it like a, kind of an encyclopedia yeah kind of like summation of their yeah it's basically it's like a comic book encyclopedia type of thing but done like kind of zini and yeah 
What's the format? Is it like a standard comic uh, format or is it yes. larger? No, I think they're standard comic. Smaller? I have some. I'm pretty sure they're standard comic formats. I have uh, the Fantastic Four one for sure and I have the Hulk one. Right. Like he works in these things for years, you know. Mm-hmm. Zinefest is sold out. Shit. That's that's something you can't just turn up to. Apparently not. It's on my walking route as well, which is a shame. Give it a walk past and might walk by anyway. Yeah. Just walk in. I can't imagine. The, I don't know. Maybe I'm just underestimating the. Uh, yeah, you're underestimating the the popularity. I'm underestimating of zines. the demand for zines. Well, you know, it's it's pretty cool that you're like obviously like I honest zines are are becoming well, they must be becoming popular again or something because uh, decaf is a couple of times a year. That's that's very kind of like alt and zine heavy and stuff. Uh, you have Korg Zine Fest. Like I think zines are coming up as a as a you know they're probably getting a bit of a resurgence at the moment. There must be if I'm into them. Well, it's it's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's the uh, it's you are now aware of a subculture more so than. Uh, I'd be now though, to be fair. I uh, I uh, yeah, I'm more aware of it. To be fair, because I've I've I listened to a, a podcast called The Gutter Boys, and I'm on like episode fifty something of them, and that that's all just like that's all just indie comics industry talk and zines. Uh, so yeah, I've been listening yeah. to that for the last like two years or a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I've been pursuing. I've been especially with everything so opening up post pandemic yeah. and like decaf opening, like they had a. I, I fucking missed the application for the fucking second and third. Like, because they did a Christmas one unexpectedly. And it's like, I want to get my name down again, if only because I bought a load of stock. And it's like, I need to start recouping the cost of that. Yeah, I'm going to try and have um, some proper stuff prepared for maybe, like, at least the next one in Exhibit Witcher, maybe. Mm, cool. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss this one, unfortunately. But yeah. Um,. Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. And, you know, taking more and more sort of steps towards the printy, comic-y stuff that you like to do. Yep, yep. Um, Thanks. Yeah. We went to see Mask of the Phantasm on Wednesday as well, didn't we? Did you... You hadn't seen that in years. I'd kind of forgotten a lot of the... The, um... I guess the journey of that story. Um... I'm not sure if it was the... I'd love to know what they played it I know, yeah. to us from. Because there were shots in it that were really soft looking, like really out of focus, kind of like janky. And it's like, is this... This is hardly the 4K Blu-ray DVD or something, right? Like, is this a... An old... Is this a DVD scan? Is this... You've They don't have the 35mm print of Mask of the Phantasm. Um, like, if I was going by... Like when I saw uh, the Hudsucker proxy, that was the first time in ages that I'd seen like a 35 mil print and I'd forgotten how messy that can look. Like it was, um, it was pretty messy. Like it was so funny because you could see, you could see when one reel was about to shift to another, not because there was the little cigarette burn in the top right corner, but because the quality of the picture would go to dog shit. And it was basically, you know, the, the first three feet or, of this film leader on either side was, you know, the bit that was most exposed to the damage. So as you're watching the film, the picture would start to go to go to shit, and then it would just come back as you got into the middle of the reel, which was a bit better condition. Um, it was kind of funny, a little step back in time, the sort of quirks or the 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 um, 
nuances the nuances of watching something on 35 mil um or the idiosyncrasy is the word i'm looking for um but it was good to see the mask of the phantasm um i don't think it quite held up as i remember it in terms of like being like one of the best batman yeah films, it, yeah it was less know. epic than i remember for sure it was it was you know in a time when there were two Tim Burton movies and a couple of um, oh Batman Forever and Batman and Robin who directed those again Schumacher Schumacher I, I I keep I couldn't think of Schumacher I knew it was Joel something but I've been saying Joel Silver and that's not right um, uh, you know in, in the time of two Tim Burton movies that were great but also you know not quite Batmany. And then those Schumacher ones, which were just all over the shop. Um, Mask of the Phantasm was just, this is a great, like, 30s Art Deco-style gothic. It was great. But looking at it now, when we've had the Nolans and the 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 Twilight Boy one and your Affleck and all of the animated content that we've had since, like that Dark Knight Returns animated one and everything else where, like, it's so crisp, you know, especially being newer animation techniques and, and uh, 4K scans and all of that stuff. Like, it, it, they're so crisp and sharp looking. Um, and I also think there's an element of, like, animators in the 1990s not necessarily either trying to research or look at or, or reaching for sort of more exaggerated physicality in him. Like, at one point he lists, like, lands on a rooftop and just falls over in such a flat way. I'm like, I don't think that would have happened if like those guys had been watching a shit ton of Jackie Chan or martial arts movies or parkour videos or gymnastics. I'd put it down to just time though. It's time. I'm I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Oh, do you mean time in production? Yeah. Or yeah, it's time and style as well, but it's just like you watch you watch the stuff that the Warner Animation Studios do in these days, and you can't compare the two things. But people have done... You can't compare the two things in terms of comparing Mask of the Phantasm with, like, that Black Adam Superman crossover. There's... Or Captain Marvel. There's a clip that goes around where, like, they take that animated film and they can side-by-side it with the movie that they referenced the fight from. Yep. And it's like, okay, you blatantly just ripped off this fight choreography. That's fine. Like, whatever, you know? But you can see somebody looking for elaborate choreography, looking for something kind of interesting. Whereas, you know, in the 90s, with the time, the budget, and the but like, availability for example, of reference if, to if them, you look at it's the, just a big punch. If you look at the intro to the yeah. series, mm-hmm. that's very dynamic. You know, there's a lot of that rhythm to it. And I wonder, yeah. you know, like, did somebody propose a more elaborate kind of version? And somebody's like, no time for that. Look, it, it, that's mm. not working. Scrap it. Something simple. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just yeah. guessing. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That, that's an option too. I, I just, and I, I, I said there's somebody it, who's shitting on of... animators all the time, but yeah. at the same time, I think it's just they, they did the best they could to the level that was going. I know, I know, I know. A lot of time, I know. A lot of time, my gripe with stuff is is you know the kind of time and money the project is mm. given because anybody working on something is probably i'd imagine they do have those frames of reference and stuff they're just you know 
stuck for time. Yeah, I kind of, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, it is harder to fucking, Mm -hmm. it's harder to reference that stuff in 1990 where you've got to like, would it have been a VHS? And how Mm -hmm. do you tell the animations, like how do you tell the in-between studio in Asia, Asia that you want something to look like this shot? You know, you'd have to send them the fucking, you know, the bootleg copy of Rumble in the Bronx that you've recorded off the telly. You know what I mean? As opposed to now, they just stick a video clip in the file, email it over, and or it's it's in the it's actually in the I don't know the harmony. You know, it's just like baked into the fucking timeline. It's just rotoscope this. You know, um, but I think all of that aside, like Batman: Mask of the Phantasm is it holds a holds a soft spot in my heart, and I enjoyed seeing it in a cinema, and I hope Kev did too. Yes, it was that fun. Um, um. I did think it was funny because at one point Kev leaned over to me and went, is that that guy or is that this guy? And it was like Valestro, Sal Valestro was the gangster. And I re- he he's the only one that looks really old and decrepit after the period of time that passes. And I, I, it occurred to me while I was watching it why that happened. And did I, did it occur to you, Kevin, at all? Uh, Well, they all got older, obviously, or aged. He's the only character that smokes. Ah. He's the only character that smokes and it's used for like villainous effect, like he blows smoke in people's faces. Yeah, yeah. And then ten years later he's, he's got a he's, he's got an air canister yeah, yeah. and he's wheezy and he's Very looks twenty five years older than everyone else. Yeah. But I liked it. And uh the twist still got me. I kind of forgot about that. Oh yeah? Yeah. The fa- the Phantasm character was like it was really nicely. I loved it. I thought it was a nice piece of design that that hook and that mask. Yeah, that it was always it was yeah. always really cool looking. It's still yeah. really cool. And looking. the toy yeah. for it was really cool as well. You could yes. take the helmet on and off, and it was very, very well made, really well designed, like really good yeah. representation of of what you get on screen. You know, um, yeah, it was yeah. A great. Toy. Was, that was so funny, Brian, that you said that because I was thinking of the toy when I was watching the movie. I was like, that yeah. toy was, the toy cool. was great. It was a great yeah. toy. And they really like, you can see, like, it's the kind of the beginnings of a thought process of like sharpening up the character design going into the, the Batman and the new adventures of Batman or Robin or whatever they called it when they came back, you know, and, and they they tightened up and angularized everybody a bit more and, and further established that world. I just um, I just kind of forgot that the Mask of the Phantasm is also kind of like a bit of a low-key joke origin story. I like the... Um, like we went and the reason it was screening was as a sort of tribute or a memorial for Kevin Conroy. Yeah. And I think it's worth like I don't know if you noticed the like the voice play stuff that like when he's Bruce he sounds different to when he's, he's so good. Yeah. He's, he's the best. Like he's the best. He honestly was. He really, yeah. Yeah. really was. And it's maybe kind of cliched now, but I, I remember playing Arkham Asylum. Um mm. Which wasn't that, I mean, it was a while back, but wasn't that long ago, you know? And no, it was just no. so satisfying, especially kind of, did that come out around 2011, thereabouts? Uh, yeah. No, Arkham, Arkham Asylum came out, uh, it would have been... It was a bit maybe, earlier, 9, maybe, yeah. 2009. T- well, yeah. 2009, 2010, because I played that in that yeah. zone. Yeah. yeah, so, and... That was let's say that was two thousand and nine. The Dark Knight was two thousand and eight. So we've got a Batman on screen who's doing this, you know. And then cut to 
Conroy, who's so great at doing Wayne. He's always got the same richness in his voice, but it's much, much higher. And then he does this, I, I, I don't know how he does it. He's got this like growl without it being this forced thing. It's just, he was incredible. He, he was absolutely yeah, amazing. I know. He was, yeah. was definitive. Like, I, I, I think it's very easy, unless you're listening closely, I think it's very easy to kind of miss how much work. Because he even talked, I remember, watching a lot of interviews with him at the time about like how he does it and he's like he said it's quite demanding on his voice like the the stuff he has mm. to do but uh yeah i think it's kind of like i said unless you're paying attention maybe easy to, to miss the subtleties going how on. yeah like and and just the how much is going into it you know he was he was absolutely incredible but there's there's a moment in it as well because like the voice he does is bruce is different than the voice he does as Batman, is different than the voice he does as young Bruce. Uh, like, there's a moment in it where, you know, I think his cowl comes off and he's talking to... Or or he... It's just a moment where he switches his intent. He's not wearing the Batman costume, but I notice he's using Batman's voice. You know? The, 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 the Playboy profile is gone. It's business time. You know, like, we're talking about your father and the, the crimes and, and what I'm going to do and the vow I've taken, but it's like, you know, he has switched to Batman voice, you know, and it's, it's great. It's great. You know, it's easy. It was so, it was such a light popcorn film in many ways. That, and like at 90 minutes or under 90 minutes, it kind of flew by to forget the fact that we went there because, you know, Kevin Conroy passed away and this was the memorial and it was great. He did a great job. And Hamill, Hamill's Joker yep. was top notch there as well. Like if you go back and watch the animated series, like they they refined and refined and refined this in the first few episodes. The first time the Joker appears, it is Looney Tunes territory. Like the shots are really basic and like I, I think there's one where he's I noticed like, that when I was watching um, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, even like the few times he yeah. pops up in that, just to see the there is quite a change from. Yeah, because Justice League how rubbery would have been. I don't know when, but anyway, point being that there was years between it, and there's a version like you you can you can hear Hamill doing it in your head, and it always sounds Mm -hmm. right. But then when you go back Mm -hmm. to like earlier versions of the same person doing it, like he he did kind of Mm -hmm. go through. Yeah, you know he iterated. They tightened it up. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, and they had to like again. It has been kind of magical to, to go back and watch yeah go watch Batman the Animated the first episode of Batman the Animated series you know you can see even though they're spending a fortune on this you can see like okay let's just hold this shot with one drawing and it's soft and you know what I mean it's it's very animatory you know like watching Phantasm it's it's I've watched it with animator brain going I would never animate this scene on the courtroom steps like this I would have coming out of college because every line needs performance. But now I'm like, nobody does that. Everybody just stands still and maybe a little head move. And you just, this is how you do, like, this is how normal people talk, you know? There's so much animating happening for the sake of animating. And, that, that is, like, you know, that is a huge difference between, you know, anime and kind of, I know, like, I know a lot of it was animated in Japan, but mm-hmm. the direction was, mm-hmm. was different. But that is something you notice with, animation from let's say 80s and 90s versus mm-hmm. Japanese animation from from the same period you know they 
they're yeah. quite happy to hold stuff and it's much it gets it gets more dynamic when it needs to be but in in quieter yeah. moments it's much stiller whereas the kind of western thing whether it was Sovereign Bluth or Disney or Warner's it's very it's very if it's not moving there's no value yeah 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 um so there, there, there is a bit of that going on where it's like, guys, just, just hold fucking Chill still out. and talk. <laughs> yeah. like, there is a zine talk and a zine market. The talk is sold out. The market is from uh, 11 to 4. So I may yeah. go check that out. Do a little stroll by. Okay, I might text you, uh, Brian, the things I'm looking for. Um, do you? Yep, do. And do, you, do you have Revolut? No. I do, I do. Oh, I, I Revolut you. I Revolut you. Cool. Uh, cool. So, cool. Yeah, let me know. Yep. Text yeah. me and I'll send you my... At. and if i find the stuff yeah i think i think uh i think uh what's it called it um well i think I, if i need your number i can just send this i'll have your number i can just send this stuff but uh yeah i'll send you i'll send you man it's really easy uh and i you can check out his stuff anyways uh it's really good our uh the guy is aaron lotzi and uh, he has a cool graphic novel called days beyond the pale check it out will do major difference <laughs> I wish you could hear it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is funny that like the only thing you have to do with that microphone is point it at you and then not touch the thing it's supported by. You know, if you if you run your fingers or drag a cup across the table, the vibration goes up through it and we hear. Erp. Um, but it makes a big difference. Give, when give it's us a big slurp into the mic there, Kev. Yeah, big slurp. <laughs> no, no, real one through the cup. Actually, actually slurp. But point your face at them like, oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, God, I need to actually talk to that. <laughs> I guess to try and make it a bit Christmas episode-y, um, I watched Spirited, which um, I did send you the link, Kev. And yes. I, 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 the link to uh, Apple TV. Yes, I have, I have a, I have uh, a, I, I revoluted you some money towards that Apple TV um, subscription you have subscription that, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, that you subscribed to yeah so um, I wasn't able to watch it last night so I'll uh, I sus- I resubscribe tonight and I'll watch it tonight I guess you should or I, I was I was fully prepared to think this is a big piece of talk shit and I had so much fun I can't watching. wait yeah I had so much fun um, I think he, like Ryan Reynolds spending a lot of time around Hugh Jackman is kind of like I guess it's the costume uh, Will as well. Will Ferrell's at one point. very He's, musical too. Let's not forget. I I mean, let's not forget. You, you'd forgotten, hadn't you? I had not forgotten. How could I forget? Um, it's a great. It's a fun take on the Christmas Carol thing without just doing straight Ebenezer Scrooge. They're kind of aware of the fact that it's Scrooge dish. It's got a bit of the kind of Santa Claus kind of like this is an organization doing a thing rather than like supernatural ghosts from nowhere i was kind of happy like so many musicals just feel bad i don't know how to describe it having grown up watching musicals from the 40s and the 50s and whatever when they were doing them all the fucking time they just have this way to them where it's like this feels right and so many musicals since have been just people are trying to do things for film or people are you know, doing versions of a musical. And, like, even The Greatest Showman, I, I think I've said to you guys before, I know that that movie made a fucking fortune and the album was one of the most 
played things at all goddamn time. And I hate that that kind of worked for them because they spent years writing that album with X amount of fucking songwriters. And I feel like they just decided this is the BPM that equals a hit. And they just made it for every song. And they're all at like, they just all feel at this same level to me to the point that it just feels like white noise and I don't like any of them. Not really. Like, I can listen to one of them because they're all earwormy. But when I try and watch the whole musical, it's like, I don't care about any of these characters. The choreography is over the fucking top. The cameras are always moving as well. There's loads of CG. And the lyrics are kind of it almost indecipherable because there's so much production going on, at least to my ear, my old man ear, the once clarity of, like, audio, I guess. But um, this is not that it, the choreography and the camera work is so clean and just like readable and the 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 lyrics are just there the musical performances they're not they're not natural singers like when you hire a broadway person to sing a song it's very different than getting a ryan reynolds to sing it he got he gets through it and he does great but i had so much fun watching it because it's so like i think i was talking to i was talking to cat and i was just like it feels like they finally remembered how to do these things or they got somebody that knows how to do these things. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Who directed it? I don't know. So Aiden's allowed to talk and hit off his mic constantly, but I'm not allowed to move. Kevin had a pencil and a piece of paper and he was keeping tab of every single one there. Yes. Uh, screenplay by Sean Anders. Sorry, directed <laughs> by Sean Anders. Did you draw that just now, Kev? Pardon? Did you draw that just now? Yes. His name is Turnip Head. I see a reflection of your current current mood, mental is that, state. Is that directed at me? Um, no, no. Am I the Turnip Head? No, tur- no. Turnip Head is his own person, and he's just not happy with existing. For the listener, Kevin okay. has drawn a turnip. A little speech bubble beside him, and it says "Kill me." Yep. So, here's what's frustrating about having just praised that movie so much. And no, it's not frustrating. If the guy did a good job, he did a good job. From the director of Adam Sandler's That's My Boy, Horrible Bosses 2, Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home 2, and Instant Family, we have the spirited. You should cut all that. That entire uh, uh, Everything I said about, sp- everything everything said about, about spirited. spirited? Yeah. Your your credibility is shot. Just based on the filmography of the director? Hang on. Go through those movies again, each one, from the top. Okay, we'll go back to his very first film, uh, Never Been Thawed. I don't know what that is. Never seen it. Next. Um, Sex Drive, the guy in the donut suit. I did seen it. I, I, I have seen it. Sorry. Adam Sandler's That's My Boy. Excellent. Go on. Horrible Bosses 2. Brilliant. Go on. Daddy's Home. Yeah, excellent. Daddy's Home too. Can you believe it? Even better than the first one. Gone. Instant Family. Loved it. Mark Wahlberg was dream. Yeah, excellent. Good, mm. good, uh, good. Uh, Spirited. Can't wait to watch it. Turns out, all this time he was a frustrated musical director. Fair, could be. You know, I, honest to God, might go downstairs with my iPad and draw and put Spirited on the telly again. It is Christmas. You're allowed. Thank you. You're welcome. I have to stay in tonight. Did ye? Get a chance to watch the link I sent you just this morning. What was it, Brian? Was was that Phil all of... Hartman doing his I did, I SNL didn't, audition? I didn't get to see it. No, it's very good. 
Okay. Very, very good. I think I saw that. I think I saw it years ago. Like, does he pull out the hat at one point? And at the very start. And yeah. it does a. Yeah, 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 I have seen it. It's great. So good. There's a. I think the best part is kind of in the middle. He does an impression of a German stand up comedian doing impressions of American actors. So he, it's him doing an impression of a German doing an impression of American actors. And it's, he's doing Jack Nicholson as a German doing Jack. I think that's one of the like cool things about cool things about SNL that um, I'd love more access to is they film all those editions. Mm, yeah. Um, like I think there's a, a Will Ferrell audition video as well. Like I, They film everybody's auditions. Now whether or not yeah. they hang on to everybody's, they might just hang on to the ones that make the show. But like there's a, there's a chunk of Will Ferrell's one where he was just like, this is my impression of my cat. And he just lies on the floor, like playing with dust for two minutes, just like God improv. It's a and it's so fire taste. It's so silly. <laughs> uh, Love it joins him at the end, and it's it's funny to see them do. You, you can see just it's funny to see them kind of both so young, and you can just see their improv. You know, their just their their tendency and their their training kind of kick in where he's like, you know, he's like, mm. what we do, what we do, what about the, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of just, just like riffing off each other. Just but check that out. Um, it's very good. I, I still, um, I said this before, I would love like, I would love one of the streaming services to pick up 40 years worth of SNL and just let me watch things. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me just, let me just watch my way through the whole Netflix show. did have a ton of it. They yeah, did. A couple they years had a ago. Ton of they it. had, uh, at least in the early nineties, yeah, I was like I was watching eighties yeah. and nineties for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, like I was doing a little light. Like I wasn't doing it consciously. I was just on my own watching SNL and felt I needed to shout things at the world. But I was kind of live tweeting it to, like, watching episodes from the late nineties. Going, oh my god, here's the first. You know, like I don't know, like it's like Cameron Diaz, brand new actor. You know what I mean? Like she's been in one movie and now she's on SNL. You know, like because that's kind of like the the path for a lot of performers as well is like you know part of building the hype building the brand get them on um yeah i don't know i love that stuff um i'm gonna take it easy this weekend i don't know about you boys um i went to some version of something or other like not necessarily parties but it meant i had to go into town and come home every night this week and I'm tired and the majority of those things involve me going like even when we went to see Batman I like had a half hour to kill so I popped into a pub and I was like had a gin and tonic and I was like oh, I've had a drink every night this week I need to not do that yeah but you're out I, it's, I, I, you're it's out. not the worst I'm not like I'm not having eight drinks I had a drink but like there's part of me that's like there's part of my puritanical upbringing that's like keep that shit for a night out rather than something you just do every night you know what I mean um, I was at the animation creative Christmas is what they call it the animation the sort of industry Christmas party last night in it was in the, it was in the workman's which was a bit weird because um, I've never been to like an event in the workman's and they brought food out as well and I was like there's food in the workman's that's got to be a health violation well, technically they violation. have wow burger for years Oh, that's true. That's upstairs in the smoking area. Um, no, they were they brought the food in from Bison Bar. Uh, yeah, fair. Up a table and um, to be fair, it was very good. A couple of platters of chips yeah, and onion rings. Great. and love that stuff, man. Um, then they brought out these sort of vegan falafel awesome. wraps. 
and vegetarian tofu burger things. And then they brought out like this big plate of ribs. I was like, I don't want to be standing in the workman's with like a glass in one hand trying to eat a rib standing. I, was like, I, I hate messy food. These burgers. Can't do it. Yeah, it's not for me. Don't like wings. Don't, don't like do ribs. This, this. Yeah. Love wings. Yeah, love ribs. Don't. I love it. it. Can't do it. Yeah. Just don't. Uh... That's me. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. no fair. If you no, like I, that I'm, stuff, I'm, I'm with you. I don't really like. I don't. I don't like messy. Yeah, I don't like messy food either. However, Mm -hmm. like there is just food that you're meant to eat with your fingers, and you just have to excuse yourself when you eat them. And chicken wings is one of those foods. Like there is foods that you have to eat with your fingers. End of story. Pizza is a food you eat with your fingers. Chicken wings, food you eat with your fingers. Yeah, there, there are there's food that is only manageable with your hands. Mm. And as a result, I don't eat those foods. I'll eat a pizza. There's not, not enough eating in wings as well. There's not enough good eating yeah. in wings or yeah. ribs. I like wings. You know? the, I, I've had, I've ha- I have had one or two good ribs where there's like a lot of meat on it, but wings, nah. Like I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing. I'm like I'm pulling gristle like yeah. out of my mouth off the bones. I can just, like, I can go like that. this. I can literally go. <laughs> I eat everything. I, I leave a clean bone. Yeah, it's not for me. Dum, da, dum, da, 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 da. 